0: The primary purpose of the Matter Overmind experience is to educate. It doesn't constitute advice or services. Before making any changes, please consult a medical or dietary professional. Nutrition, gut health, mental health,
1: hormones,
0: and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management, so I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast, so take a seat and enjoy the ride. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Over Overmind Experience. I'm your host, master trainer and weight management expert, Narado Zico-Powell. And today, I have for you, all the way from California, Tommy Haunton, master craftsman of experience design, weaving storytelling, and game design to create, check this out, right, memorable, playable, experiences so we're going to talk about some good stuff today i mean if you've been listening to me long enough you know i'm a big child right so we're going to talk about how to get that back man how to create a community and and you know have your zest for life and how it impacts your mental and physical health we're going to get some good stuff today and of course i have a episode for you right and it's how is immersive entertainment useful for team building and relationship skills and with that being said let's welcome tommy to the show hey tommy how you doing today doing great thanks for having me it's
1: a pleasure to be here
0: thank you for being here my friend thank you for being here my friend and with that being said tell my audience about yourself
1: so i mean you did a heck of an intro uh you took the words out of my mouth uh but my name is tommy haunton i make experiences for a living so everything from escape rooms to themed entertainment at theme parks Uh, video game design uh, apps it's it's the kind of thing that i i pinch myself that i get to do every day and i I basically say i make uh, stories you can play
0: stories you can play that's beautiful right i remember when i was in uh new york and uh i I read black bedtime stories to my cousin because every time i took him to bed he's like story time and i'm like what book do you want he'll go grab it and he's like this book and then he loved it because i'll make the voices like as a as I'm reading, you know, the one big night and I'm like, and the big hungry bear said this and he just, his face just came alive and I don't know how he fell asleep. So anyway, I digress, I digress, but I love your work. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. You have something on your mind. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, what you just said is exactly what I think people's origin stories are with storytelling is it being tucked in bed as a kid or sitting around a campfire and being told once upon a time and just getting into that. And especially with the voices or any kind of elements that can make it feel more real but we're kids at heart we want stories and as soon as you can add sound design and a set and an actor and suddenly you're a character in the story like our brains explode because we grew up with these you know we there's something really special and primal about being tucked in regardless of culture or age or time like People back all the way to primal humans and caveman times probably grew up with storytelling around a fire. And there's something very special about being able to hearken back to those days and make those memories of of being told a story in bed come to life.
0: I agree, my friend. I totally agree. And now with that being said, I'm going to drift a little bit and talk about escape rooms, right? So I think most people by now know what escape rooms are, but they kind of came out of nowhere and, be- and then boom, kind of blew up. So why are escape rooms so popular?
1: That's a good question. And I I, whatever the answer is, I'm grateful for it, because they have been such a boon for me, both from a standpoint of for my job and my business, but also personally. Escape rooms are kind of this weird phenomenon that, you know, it's hard to point to the exact beginning. A lot of companies and people point to them as saying we're the first or we're the first in this area. It really stems to video games Um, back in the 90s. There were these things called uh, flash games, which, you know, that was growing up of a certain era. You know, I was in high school and college where you'd, you know, maybe at the computer lab at school or when you were bored instead of working, you'd go and, you know, people could make these really simple games. And they harken back to point and click adventure games where you're clicking on a screen and you're getting objects in your inventory and then thinking of clever ways to solve puzzles with them. And the idea of, okay, what if we do that but in real life? What if you take the concept of a puzzle and a game and you put it in a real room? So instead of clicking on a key that you find under your desk, there actually is a key under the desk and the desk is really locked. And, you know, there are a lot of different origins of people saying we did this, but I suspect, you know, a lot of people had similar ideas. It happens in, you know, a lot of different industries. People have similar ideas at the same time, but whatever the reason, it's sort of kind of spread around the globe in different parts. And the U.S. was kind of late to the game. Asia and in Europe, especially like Russia and Hungary, for some reason, it really exploded. And I'm sure there's a lot of cultural sort of weird reasons why, you know, you have a mixture of the economics of you have people that can build things, good set designers. You have a culture that wants to do stuff like this. Russian culture is very aligned with risk taking and exciting new, new new stuff. But, uh, you know, there are some entrepreneurs that came to the US or saw it and were like, this could be really big. And began opening it not only just in major cities, but, you know, even in small cities, you know, the idea was that if you have a population of a couple thousand people, you could probably support building a, a game. So that was really cool seeing sort of the Johnny Appleseed of Escape Rooms, a guy named Marty Parker. He was my mentor. He was one of the first games in L.A. And I saw this thing and I was working in film traditionally, you know, film and TV, and I was kind of stuck and frustrated with my career. and I see this escape room stuff pop up and it's just like, oh my God, this is the kind of stuff that I love doing. So yeah, I think, I think economically it's, it's kind of a smart business model, you know, it, it with competition and stuff, it's a little bit different because it, they're kind of usually one and done and they build off of word of mouth. So if an area has enough people, you know, you actually usually you don't open up a restaurant, you know, or maybe you do. I get depends on the economics of, of the industry. But like you see people opening up a Starbucks across the street from another coffee chain or something, you know, that's kind of Starbucks model is to open up across the street from places they know can sustain a coffee shop. Escape rooms building up near each other kind of makes sense because the most likely time a person's going to do another one is after they finish one. Cause you're, you're excited. You got your adrenaline pumping. You're like, oh my God, guys, we did it. And you, the first thing you're going to say is when can we do another one? You know, if you had a good time. And so being able to have a menu saying, oh yeah, there's a great company across the street. we got three more rooms here. You can keep that, you know, ecosystem going where people are like, instead of a one and done, it's kind of like, we just got out of a movie. Let's go see another one. You know, we'll go plan one for next week. So a lot of really smart cities, you know, with businesses that don't see each other as competition in the same way. The, the goal is, you know, instead of telling people don't go over there, only play my games. No, it's like you want to create a vibrant, excited audience who wants to leave and and come back again. And so to us, you know, in LA, our our ecosystem here is huge. We have a lot of companies. At one point, we had 400 companies in Southern California from the numbers I was reading. and. Most of those companies were supportive of, you know, you walk out, you tell people, this area has tons of great games. Keep playing. If you like horror games, here's some. If you've got a family, here's some great ones for families. Here's great ones for beginners. And you just keep people playing. And that's what's sort of cool is you have, you know, the people that make these are also fans of them you know they make them because they want to entertain people and they want the world to sort of kind of evolve and grow in a cool way where this stuff exists. So, yeah, and as far as why people like them, I think it gives people a chance to escape. I mean, yes, escape rooms is kind of a weird name that people have kind of grown into. There there's still a lot of ideas that it's an actor who's going to jump out at you or that you're actually physically locked in a room. And yes, that is still some of the tropes. But it's also kind of a, you know, people sort of backwards retrofitted the name to you're kind of also escaping reality. You're escaping the world you're in and into a story or an adventure for a little bit, and you know the world's pretty depressing at times. It can be pretty hard, and it's kind of nice to escape from your troubles for a little bit with an adventure that you know, like we said, puts you back being tucked into bed as a kid, being told a story. But instead of being told the story, you're able to make it happen. You're the one who's the superhero. You're the spy. You know, you're uncovering an ancient tomb. You're Indiana Jones. You're Harry Potter. You know, who doesn't want to be in those moments where you have, you know, adventures and mysteries you're solving. And, you know, as human beings, I think we really crave experiences that are physical, that are tactile, that aren't on a screen. You know, so much of our lives are dedicated to being on screens, you know, and and being able to be in a physical room. You know, human beings are primal. We're hairless monkeys that, you know, live in concrete jungle cities that have evolved faster than us. We are nomadic tribesmen that want to live together and, and connect together and you know it harkens back to our roots of you know we go out and hunt a mammoth the tribe eats for a month and we celebrate we don't get to celebrate victories like that in regular society with our friends and family like that how often do you go out and you know hunt and feed your family you know it's these moments of of tribal victories are something that our dna craves and you know especially in the world of you know where people disagree and fight and feel depressed when you can come together for an hour and have an adventure and overcome a challenge We feel really special. And those moments, you know, are amazing. And I say that, you know, I'm not just a designer. I play games. You know, I've played at this point over 600. And it's something that I never get sick of. I feel just as excited, if not more so, stepping into a game with people I care about and having an adventure. You know, so even though it's 600 still, I still get the same feelings and warm fuzzies, and I want other people to have those too. So hopefully that's a long rambling answer as to why I'm in this, but also why people, I think, really like this.
0: Right. And it's good to really see what, because a lot of stuff that we do now comes down to how we were raised in our childhood, right? So like yeah. Escape Rooms is kind of bringing us back to that. I, I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and I told her that when I go to bed every night, I imagine I'm in a story of one of like my favorite shows. And like I'm a, you mentioned it, like I'm Superman, or which is my favorite superhero. I'm sorry for everybody else here out there who thinks <laughs> differently. But Superman is my favorite hero, which I I don't get the whole Kryptonite thing. It kind of drives me crazy. But um, you know, or I'm a I'm a I'm a spy or something like that, and I create my story where somebody is kidnapped and I gotta go get them. And I'll fall asleep like within a few minutes just thinking about <laughs> it because I feel so amazing, you know, putting myself in that story. And escape room is a physical way of doing that, especially when you work together in a team. And we're gonna talk about relationship and team building later. And this brings me to my next question, though, because you also make stash houses, right? So what makes stash houses and your work unique compared to, let's say, the other thousands of escape rooms out there?
1: Yeah, so stash house is my escape room that I uh, built with my business partner, Don. Um It was the first really big foray that I took into the world of escape rooms. You know, at that point... Escape rooms were, uh, pretty new in the U S. They'd only been around for about a year or so when I started digging in and LA had only a handful. And so I reached out to Marty, the guy I mentioned, who's kind of the Johnny Appleseed of escape rooms and just said, like, I love what you're doing. I want to help do stuff. So, uh, Marty wrote back and kind of validated me and said, you know, I'd love to chat. And so I used to make games and scavenger hunts and stories for people growing up. I had an aunt and uncle that loved mysteries and did games and scavenger hunts for me and my cousins. You know, um, I found a scavenger hunt across the street uh, when I was a kid uh, that we followed. My sister, I followed around the park. And just, I love this idea that magic and stories can be, you know, can can be hiding anywhere. So I never thought it'd be a real career. And then here I am depressed and frustrated at my job. You know, I'm supposed to be making stories in TV and film, and I'm depressed by the business side. And suddenly I see this thing that makes me feel like a kid again. And I'm like, I want to be part of this. So Marty really helped mentor me. And I brought Don, my writing partner, in to be my business partner. And Don and I both saw where we wanted to go. So Marty gave us a lot of help and support and just advice about how to go and take on the economics of this. Because we weren't business people. I didn't take any entrepreneurial classes. Like, I had no idea, you know, I had to make ideas and thoughts about business, but, you know... I don't think we would have been able to get in this without Marty being supportive of us. So we kind of dove in and said, what kind of story would we want to tell? And there's something about, I don't know, I, I, I get why businesses have lobbies and traditional sort of setups. But for us, it's like, is there a way to make the world feel more real? A real story, a real adventure doesn't have a lobby, you know? And is there a way to put you directly in this story? And so we're like, well, what if we make it an apartment, and you can set up an apartment that feels like you're in, a, you know, a, a drug dealer's stash house. Is there a way to make that feel dangerous and kind of, you know, calling on the vibe of like Breaking Bad and Grand Theft Auto and The Wire and getting people to feel in this gritty sort of world of crime and make it feel as real as possible, but also not too dark? Like we want to find this balance of like, you know, Breaking Bad and The Wire and and Grand Theft Auto, the three big inspirations for this, have an element of dark humor to it too, where it's not all dour and sad. It's like, it's, you know, it, it can be, you know, the characters are charming and we wanted to really craft a character who could be charming and not a villain that's evil, but one you love kind of like the Joker, you know, people, a villain people really like, or who's interesting, you know, an interesting character by themselves. So we craft this character named Ray, who is a drug dealer, who's kind of a kingpin in Los Angeles. And we're like, let's make his story. So this, this is his apartment. And so we started this idea of, okay, let's just make this as grounded as possible. And in the fiction, Don and I work for Ray we built this in his old apartment. So it's kind of very meta. So Ray owns our Yelp page. Ray is on the website. People email Ray. Ray is an actor named Sydney, who's an incredible performer who helped build this character with us. But, you know, we have no lobby. When you knock on the door, there's no sign. We look like a, a creepy stash house. And so people feel immersed from the moment they knock on our door. They sit down and realize they're already in the room. And making this feel as real as possible is kind of the goal. So what made it, you know, at the time, no one was really doing that level of immersion. People had really cool rooms that had beautiful sets, but it was always coming through a lobby. It was always building that, like, you're in a business. And then here's the story. But with us, there was no awkward transition. It was always like, boom, you're in this world. And where does it begin and end? And I think people really responded to that. You know, our game is older. You know, at some point, we want to build more. But, you know, I've gone on and built lots of other experiences for other companies like Disney and, you know, uh, Netflix, where I'm able to take those lessons of people being, you know, amazed at entering the story early and feeling there's part of it early. You know, that was a huge thing. So yeah, Stash House opened in 2018. Um, We've been open almost five years now, but some games have been open longer and that's, you know, but we're honored that sort of our impact, especially in the community has been to really embrace... That reality of, you know, stepping in a game and making it feel as real and gritty as possible.
0: Yeah, because especially when there are so many, we talked about this just a few minutes ago, so many escape rooms out there from all over the world, you have to make your experience unique. And it sounds like the uniqueness I'm hearing in your, your aspect is it, you're more immersed in the experience. Mm-hmm. Right. So which is absolutely instead of yourself, they go in, let's try to solve some puzzle and get out of here. It's a, it's like it's actually happening while it's happening. And I'm a spy or I'm in the middle of Breaking Bad or, yeah. you know, you know, something that that you can you take from it you're like, oh, my God, that was absolutely fantastic. I can't believe I was a part of a story, which I think is absolutely huge, which leads me to my next question, because we're talking about experiences now. Right. So. Do people, and I, I kind of feel like I know where you're gonna, what you're going to say to this question, but I still want to ask it anyway. Do people value experiences more than stuff?
1: I think it depends on the generation, honestly. I think more now than ever, yeah. I think looking at cities, you know, I've worked in Vegas, for example. And, you know, Vegas is sort of a mecca for a lot of shopping and dining. And, you know, what people have realized is, you know, they're not gambling as much you know, younger generations. So everyone from, you know, I'm technically a millennial to Gen Z and whatever they call the generations now. But, you know, people tend to value experience over stuff from the standpoint of, you know, memories are special. And, you know, everything from now eating at a restaurant, even shopping, stores are being designed to make it feel like an experience. And I think people are, you know, so connected to their phones and screens that when people do look up and go somewhere, Anything that can make them feel special or unique is definitely going to ground them. But we have a preference for experience. Like there is an amazing article I read years ago that I was like, this is this is showing why the people that are really elevating the space now are doing well, is everything from how you design a grocery store. Like people are really bad at articulating why they like certain things. You know, some people have a preference for which grocery store they'll go to. And it's the one that's designed better, that they like the layout of, that feels more comfortable. They're willing to drive further away to get groceries at a place they like. And they can't necessarily articulate it. But the data shows that people in general like experiences, you know, and that will drive their behavior. But even more so, I think, yeah, younger people especially really value the idea of a moment with friends, of travel, of, you know, being able to go somewhere and feel like you have, you know, a night out where you will always remember those feelings. Uh, Everything from concerts to, yeah, escape rooms and immersive entertainment at large. You know, a lot of what I do is built on these moments of giving people the chance to, like you said, feel like heroes, go through a story. And then typically what they'll do is they'll go on afterwards and you want to talk about it because that's another part of the experience is one part is living it. The other part is talking about it, you know, going out and getting a drink or coffee or a meal and then telling the story again and having it sort of live in your brain forever. Well, you might, you might love that moment where mom got to go put on a pirate hat and go, you know, make a guy walk the plank and people will remember those moments. You know, and that's part of what's fun also about getting people to play, because how often in our daily lives do we get to play? You know, where you actually, like you said earlier, like you're a kid at heart, like how often do you get a chance to actually be a kid and let the people around you, let their guard down for a moment, not care about being on camera, not care about being captured, but but feeling special and letting, you know, people have fun and just, yeah, surrender that. that. There's something for our mental health that's so powerful for that. And being able to create that through an experience, I think people really resonate with that.
0: There's a song that um I don't notice I don't know who sings it but I play FIFA right I'm a big soccer mm-hmm. guy and uh, the song goes basically it's like it's talking about um oh, oh, oh man I can't remember words right now how are you when no one's watching something like that like mm-hmm. uh, how would you feel if your followers were gone you know yeah. so it, and it's talking I don't know if you
1: know I don't know if you know that song but I don't even yeah, know who yeah. sings
0: it. You do know that song? Who sings it? Do you I, know?
1: I, I, I can't think of it either. I wish I was a human Shazam. I wish I could. Yeah, but I, I know. I, I hear it in my head. I know what you're talking about.
0: And every time I hear that song, it makes me kind of step back and think. I only hear it in the game whenever, you know, right, right, yeah, whatever, yeah. but it kind of let me step back and kind of think. I'm like, it's really true. Like a lot of us now dance for the cameras, which especially with my job, that's really what I have to do. I have to dance for right. the camera, dance for the audio, give you some kind of entertainment. So you actually like listening to me, you know, but yeah, but what, 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 but when we're in our own private moments, what is that really like? Right. And yeah, when some... you, yeah,
1: yeah. When you don't care, like, I think that's part of the magic, even being at a sporting event where you're like, you know, as a when I was in college, my dad was a huge Cardinals fan. And so I, I was very lucky that I got to take him to the world series and being at a large sporting event with a crowd, with an audience and feeling like you're part of something where no one cares what each individual is doing you know, where you're for that moment, you're all together, egos out of the door, you don't care, you're just excited to be part of something bigger. And yeah, that moment, I'll never forget that, you know, and, and yeah, being able to be part of that, where you just yeah, you the followers are gone, and it's just you in the moment. That is really special.
0: Yeah, I think that that makes the best. I mean, like you say, memories and things you can point back to whenever my family and I, as much as you know, we get on each other's nerves, time <laughs> my family and my get together, we always talk about you know something that happened from uh, the last time we got together or when we were kids and times that we got spankings and stuff for doing things that we knew we weren't supposed to do. but now it's funny you know And yeah. you know it's it, and those moments make us light up in the moments of having a conversation we'll talk for like hours and hours and hours about these things which wasn't fun at the time of course right but but, but also we talk about when we went out together and things that we did and the memories that we have and we'll talk about the same stories like 10 times but every time we talk about it it's still fantastic because you're building mm-hmm. that you're talking about those experiences, those times when nothing else matters, but what you're doing at that particular moment, it's absolutely amazing. And I that's one of the things about my culture that we tend to practice, I guess, subconsciously mm-hmm. that I absolutely love. So I think you're definitely right. And thank you so much for sharing all that wonderful information
1: here, Tommy. And well, with that, the, ex- as with that, the joke is my dad always used to say, you don't see a U-Haul behind a hearse. You know, when we die, you know, philosophically, we have our memories with us. And to me, that's more important as bonding with the people we love, who knows how long time we have on this planet. But to me, it's like, that resonates when you're able to, yeah, like you said, have those moments with your family. And I know people that are reserved and especially dedicated to screens and not connecting with people. But like, yeah, life is too short to not have the chance to make those memories.
0: Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. And with that being said, everyone, we're coming up to the hack of the episode. Yes, we are. But Tommy knows, everybody knows how I roll, right? Before I give the hack, I have a quick, um, I guess you say a gift for you, because I want to talk about the amino code. See, their products are built on 100% science-backed amino acid technology, first funded by NASA and further refined through rigorous research and independent clinical trials. They have determined... The precise blends of amino acids to help you become stronger, heal faster, reduce age-related declines, and improve your overall metabolic health, a.k.a. be like Superman over here, right? So today, I want to tell you about PERFORM, an essential amino acid-based formulation designed to improve muscle performance, do an exercise, enhance mental clarity and concentration, reduce fatigue and dehydration, and minimize recovery times. I drink it every day right before my workout. I may pop some uh, L-carnitine and beta-alanine with it to give myself that next level so I can get these results that I'm looking for. And one of my favorite things about Perform is that each serving has about 90 milligrams of caffeine because of the creatine. And also with this precise blends of amino acids, you need less caffeine to boost your performance versus a lot of pre-workouts that are just loaded with caffeine and sugar, which damages your gut, um, your cardiovascular system, put too much stress on you, and so on and so forth. So I love Perform. Go ahead and check it out. The ingredients at Perform have been clinically proven to improve strength and physical performance. And I always read these trials because I love them. See, 20% increase in exercise completed, 22% increase in endurance, 11% increase in peak power during exercise, and 10% improvement in cognitive function doing exercise. And I don't know about you, but I can use a little bit more cognitive function myself. But well, with that being said, the website is aminoco.com @zicohealth. You'll get 30% off their amino-based products. Perform that I'm talking about today and also heal, which is another product that I love. And of course, the website will be in the description of the podcast. And with that being said, let's move on to the question of the day. How is immersive entertainment useful for team building and relationship skills? Tommy, lay it on us.
1: I used to be skeptical at team building because I, when I was working in my old job, I would take every team building workshop I could, and it was always in my mind a load of BS. But I have to say, after seeing escape rooms and immersive entertainment at large, you know, both from a standpoint of playing it and for being a you know a creator. Yes, it can reveal easily how well you communicate. People have to learn to let go of ego when solving a problem. You have to work as a team and communicate. And what's amazing is that when human beings work together without ego, you see actual genuine magic happen where you notice something, I notice something, we're both listening to each other and some of us, oh, this works with this. And you're like, oh, that's cool. I like that. And you offer an idea and you just keep building mentally. But as soon as a person comes and goes, oh, no, no, I'm right. Or any kind of weird imbalances happen, you find them pretty fast. Because if a team is actually communicating, working together, being supportive and, you know, focused on the same goal without ego, when the team is looking at working together as a team and not in a group of individuals, you genuinely see people succeed. And I can't think of a better metaphor for a relationship or for a team, you know, going at a problem with no ego, trying to not bring any baggage with you, trying to hear everyone out, even bad ideas, because, you know, you might be working on a puzzle or a problem or being stuck and someone comes in and you're like, no, no, it's this way. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe fresh eyes are what's needed. Forget the baggage, forget the past, work together. And yeah, it's like our team our group of people that we do games with, we have that set. We, I think our communication skills are rock solid now because we've done this so often and we have no ego. You know, there's times I've had brain farts and thought something dumb that wasn't true. Other times I've been a hero, you know, and it's cool. I love both moments because as a team, we succeed. So I would say, yeah, if you are open to exploring communication and working as a team, it's not only going and doing the game, but also afterwards talking about it. And being like, where did we do well? What was great? What, you know, what, what were the hero moments that we had as a group and what could we work on? And really, if you focus on what went wrong and analyze sort of the game tape, you can easily see where communication breakdowns happen, where ego comes a problem, where people don't listen to each other. So yeah, I used to be skeptical about this stuff as team building, but I can say it genuinely works, but it requires doing the thing and then talking about it afterwards and figuring out strategies to do it again. But after a while, I promise you people will get better.
0: Oh, So what I'm hearing is when we're doing these kinds of activities, we get, we learned how to work together, which I think is something that it's kind of been missing as time goes along. Like, you know, working together as a team and working with each other's strengths, being in a way, qu- in a way, egoless, which is one of my problems because I have one of the biggest egos you've probably ever <laughs> encountered, you know, right? People know that about me. Someone called me humble one time and I said, are you drunk? <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, well, we're you know, working together, um, everybody have different strengths. You're putting that together. You're also having an experience that you can share. These there's so many wonderful things that help us in with our mental health, emotional health, physical health, which is I'd have to put a plug right here, One, The whole reason behind the matter over mind experience is having activities in your life to help you with your overall health. Instead of sitting here and going like, you know what, I'm going to try to work out this year and lose weight and motivate myself. No, that doesn't work. But when you put yourself in that environment, when you enjoy what you're doing, then you can start to want to, when you want to go back to it, because it is fun, because you're having a fantastic experience, then your mental health improves and your emotional health improves. And when I go to the gym, it's an experience. I'm at the gym for hours at a time. And for at least an hour at a time or so, I am talking to my friends and, you know, kind of catching up and, you know, I was gone for three weeks and I came back and I told everybody about my story and they told me about their Christmas and what happened because the gym is an experience to me. And I absolutely love it. Even when I'm not there, I still talk about my friends that are at the gym. I met somebody the other day and she told me the same thing. She's like, I love meeting people at the gym and people who are passionate about their health because we have so much in common and so much to talk about. Right? So the experience is absolutely huge and we cannot, and if the more we focus on that, the better the quality of your life really can be. And Tommy, this is a fantastic episode. Thank you so much for sharing all that you have shared. And with that being said, leave it all to you, my friend. Tell my audience about yourself and how can they learn more about your work?
1: So I am in Los Angeles. My name is Tommy Haunton. My website is TommyHaunton.com if you're curious. Most of the work I do is under NDA because it's either in development or, you know, for IP, but I've worked with stuff on Netflix, uh, on, for Disney. So uh, Stash House is in LA. You can talk about that. And then if anything else comes up, I will post it on my website. But really, it's just the biggest thing is go out, find an escape room, find an immersive experience with your family or friends and check it out. Because in my mind, there's no better way to sort of work on your mental health and build, you know, your, your bond with other people and just escape for a bit. Uh, then, then, you know, that's the part that people, I think, neglect a little bit is not taking care of your mental health and bonding with people. We're, we're tribal social animals. And, you know, it's okay to play. And so I'd encourage you for that. So even if it's not my work, go support someone in your community who's doing this work. And I promise you'll have a good time.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, man. I I agree. I said, again, we need to play. We need to play. That's what kids did, that they play. You know, I remember growing up, well, kids, when I was growing up, and sure when you were growing up, at least, you know, you would never go outside. Like you beg your parents to go outside. And when you went outside, you you wouldn't go play without your partner, wherever that person is. You walk up, you're like, can Johnny come out today? <laughs> like, Johnny's in trouble. What did he do? And your whole day just ruined because <laughs> Johnny can't come out today. We're naturally social animals and we need to get back to that. Have fun, enjoy your life, you know, get those experiences back, have stories that you can share. If you don't have that, what are we doing? And with that being said, oh, by the way, the show notes, apologize, everybody. I apologize. I got so caught up in the story here. The show notes, slash stash house la and of course tommy's website will be in the show notes as well and with that being said we're out for the day fam thanks for joining the matter over mind experience if you got good content out of this or any of my shows say subscribe and share it with anyone who needs this information remember always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride